0: This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Shotgun snapped the car, walking right. Here's towards the sideline, Renfro grabs it, gets away from a tackle at the 5, dives towards the end zone, touchdown Raiders! Fires down the field for Renfro, and
1: it's intercepted by Sutton at the Steelers' 30! Renfro laid out for it, Sutton beat him to the ball, And Pittsburgh takes over on a pick. 3-2. And the loss here in Pittsburgh, Link, ends any hopes of the Raiders making the postseason as they lose to the Steelers on Christmas Eve, 13-10.
0: Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920 again at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We do it every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. Go back out to our phone lines and welcome in our next guest. And I'm very uh, excited to talk to our next guest. That's Steve Weiss from NFL Network. And Steve, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And I'll tell you, I am a biggest fan of sideline reporting. I think it's the best job in the NFL. Uh, would love to have the opportunity to do it at some point. But I'll tell you, on Saturday when you were there in Pittsburgh on the sideline, I was not jealous of your job. How cold was it, my man, on that sideline there on Saturday night?
1: It was, it was, it was brutal. I mean, you know, for those fans to sit up in there, I think it was a, It was 5, 5, 10 below with the wind chill. And there were times that wind was really, really cracking. So it was – It was tough. And, you know, sideline, you know, everyone doesn't want to be a sideline reporter. I was like, not when that type of weather hits because you're (laughs) out in there for three and a half, four hours. And, uh, again, I'm not going to talk about how bad it was because I had people in my crew and people working on the stadium and all that stuff were out there a lot longer than me. But um, it took me probably four or five hours after I got home before I could feel my fingertips. It was bad.
0: I have no doubt about it. You did a great job. I mean, you can see that you Thank were cold, you. but you did a fantastic <laughs> job trying to trying to muscle through that. And, yeah, you got to shout out to the rest of the crew and the staff that was out there as well, man. That was that was tough conditions. But it was tough conditions for everybody, including the players on the field. So, Steve, watching that game and monitoring it like you were, what did you see change from the Raiders in their first drive of the game to basically the rest of the game?
1: Well, you know, the first drive of the game, I, I just think that they caught, you know, the Steelers, you know, with some stuff the Steelers had not seen on film. I mean, Renfro just made an incredible catch and then run after catch on that touchdown. And, you know, they they were really good with a short passing game, mixing into runs, kind of nickel and dime, death by paper, cut the execution, and the timing was really good. The rest of the game, that Steelers defense really set in. I mean, that defensive front with T.J. Watt and Highsmith, who doesn't get enough credit, I think this guy's got like 12 or 13 sacks, they really locked in. And they just, and the Raiders had a real tough time blocking him up. They couldn't run the ball well. Um, that affected the passing game. They, they did some things to Devontae Adams that kind of took him out. Still, there were times Devontae was open. But with the conditions, you know, we, we can't overlook that. It was tough sometimes for either quarterback to get the ball exactly where he wanted it because the way that wind was kind of just cutting and swirling. Um, So a lot of times he makes that's a bad pass, but a lot of times the quarterback might be trying to overcompensate just because, you know, like if you're playing basketball in the wind or or golf in the wind, the way that wind could take the ball.
0: Talking right now with Steve Weiss here on Radio Nation Radio Mm -hmm. 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I'm glad you said that because I saw a car throw the ball, and it looked like he overshot Adams multiple times. You heard that interception uh, at the end. Do you think that that had more to do with, you know, again, the conditions, the weather as opposed to just a bad throw by Derek?
1: I I think – the one that got picked was not a great throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was just an overthrow. The conditions had something to do with it, but at the same time, you know, you really saw Kenny Pickett driving that ball. Yeah. I mean, that I didn't realize he could throw ropes like he was throwing consistently. And he was really driving that ball through the wind, against the wind, into the wind, with the wind. It, it, you know, in that last touchdown drive, he was a surgeon. It was surgical. Um, so... You know, I just don't think I think Derek was off on some of his throws. I think also when Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman got hurt, that took some starch yeah. out of the Raiders sideline. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of things went into it, but you know, as much as we want to talk about be a play calling, whatever, from what I saw, it it was it was more about the execution and mainly about not being able to block the Steelers up to get that run game going.
0: Yeah, that's what it felt like again, man. I mean, Cam Hayward, he lived in the backfield for the Steelers all day. I mean, it just seemed like the the defensive front was harassing Derek Carr and not giving Josh Jacobs uh, too many opportunities to run. So they didn't run the ball with Jacobs very much in the second half because they couldn't. And then Josh was really upset after the game. Is there a point where you just continue to do it, or do you have to go away from the run game and say, you know what, this isn't working. We've got to do something better?
1: Well, I mean – there probably were some opportunities to at least try it, and I can't say it enough. The conditions—if you're out there throwing it every play—you know you're 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 really rolling the dice for the potential turnovers, like the ones that happened. But mm-hmm. if a defense is stonewalling you, you know you got to do what you got to do. That's why you're seeing Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay throw the ball 50 times a game because they can't block people up in the run game. I mean they have no run game whatsoever. So you have to adjust to what's going on. And also, remember, the Raiders didn't have the ball that much. The Steelers were going on some long, long drives, mm-hmm. missed a couple field goals, right? Did they miss two? Yeah. Um, so the Steelers were moving the ball, and they were killing the clock. The Raiders had no rhythm, really, after the first couple early drives because they couldn't get off the field on third down. You know, and, and the Steelers, again, were really manipulating the physicality and some of the finer details of that game.
0: Talking right now with Steve Weiss from NFL Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Max Crosby has been a guy. He's been phenomenal all season long. He's been, you know, he goes 100 miles an hour every single play. And Steve, I just felt like at the end of the game, the Raiders needed him or somebody just to be the finisher and close that game out when they had an opportunity. It just seemed like he wasn't able to do that. Is, is his next step in the maturation of being a, a superstar? defender. Is that kind of what the next step is to be a, a closer, a guy who can figure out how to end the game where he doesn't have to worry about getting the offensive ball back again?
1: Well, it's easier said than done. I mean, you know, Chandler Jones is out of the game. Dental yeah. Perryman was out of the, They were sliding. If you go back and watch any tape on this, mm-hmm. Max Crosby was ping-ponging off of three guys the whole fourth quarter. I mean, Aaron Donald did not have the sacks, the numbers he had this year for the Rams right. because he had nobody around him on the defensive front. So, you could double team him up front and have a back or a backside tight end or somebody banging him around. That's what happened to Max Crosby. Max was incredibly disruptive mm-hmm. for most of this game, but as the game wore along, he had no opportunity to close because, one, ticket was getting the ball out quickly, and two, they weren't worried about anybody else beating them one on one in the pass rush, so they slid everything towards Crosby. No, this is nothing against Max Crosby whatsoever. Right.
0: No, no, I, I agree. And he's been phenomenal, like I said, all, all season long. And that's, again, going back to what we talked about earlier in the show about the last le- uh, lack of talent as far as uh, the cupboard being uh, empty right after Chandler Jones. It really wasn't a whole lot. My man DeMond's got one for you.
2: Yeah, when it comes to Devontae Adams, I saw that you also retweeted a tweet about so many games that he's had this season that he's never even had, that he never had in his Packers career. What do you think about the lack of Devontae Adams getting the ball in certain games or situations, but overall his numbers look steady? Well, I mean, he's put up incredible numbers.
1: Um, You know, but some of those games
2: where he's been held down,
1: we can sit here all we want to say, hey, they, they put... They double teamed him this and that. Tell me a year when he has not been double teamed. Right. This is where sometimes, even if you're Derek and you've got this great big, you've got this great friendship to him with him, get him the ball, trust mm-hmm. him to make a play. This isn't double teamed. He's played in all these bad conditions before, and you know. And they tried at times, but this is also the situation where you've got Renfro, yep. and you've got Waller, and you've got Moreau. You've got other players. Um, So a lot of attention was going to Adams, but the great ones get that attention. You have to understand that all the time. The great ones get that attention. Go ahead and trust him to make a play because there are very few people in the NFL who compete as hard as Devontae Adams. If you watch that dude on every play, he is giving it up. I mean, he is giving up everything he has on every play.
0: Talking right now with Steve Weiss here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty NSA Roughness. We were talking, Steve, earlier in the show that the Raiders <clears throat> excuse me have a like a forty million dollar decision to make about five days after the Super Bowl when it comes to quarterback Derek Carr. Uh, we've heard rumblings that, you know, the Raiders are undecided on what they're gonna do. What what do you think the Raiders should do at that quarterback position with Derek Carr going, you know, into well, almost finishing up with nine years now in the league?
1: Uh really tough call. I think it's a really tough call. I mean it could be something where you say Hey, look, we we've seen this we've seen it long enough. <clears throat> let's move forward. But then what's what's the next option? Right. Are you gonna go ahead and say, Okay, we're gonna go uh you know, they don't have they don't have a first round draft pick, I don't believe. I think they traded that for Devontae Adams. So they got one this year. Oh,
0: they
1: got one this year? Are, are one this year? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So is it are we gonna try to go that route with a young guy? Are we gonna try to get another veteran in here? Like what is the plan to And I'm sure they've thought they're they're thinking through all of this right now because there's going to be a lot of competition for better free agent quarterbacks this year. Um, Look, Eric is a good quarterback, Mm -hmm. but for Josh McDaniels and all this team to move forward, they've got to ask themselves: Is he the guy they want to do it, or do our priorities rest elsewhere? And when you factor in the last thing I just said, their priorities work uh, are, are elsewhere. That offensive line has got to be upgraded. Their defensive interior has got to be upgraded. That secondary has got to be upgraded. I think those are all priorities over quarterback, but because of the money Mm -hmm. and because of the fact that the Raiders have been on such a prolonged hamster wheel, I think that quarterback situation with Derek will be something that's front and
0: center. I do too, and I think that you hit it on the head when you talk about the business side of things, and that's kind of what I said earlier. If there wasn't a $40 million decision, I think it's a no-brainer that Derek Carr is back. But they have a $40 million decision, and Steve, that's not always easy to justify that, the business side of things, when it comes to the NFL.
1: Well, and look where Dave Ziggler and Josh McDaniels come from. They come from New England. Mm-hmm. They are not huge, and I've dealt with a lot of people from that tree, the Scott Pioli's of the world, Thomas Dimitrov's of the world, people like that. When it comes, when, when certain numbers at certain positions get to a point, they just do not, they will let people go. And, yep. and if they've still got that DNA in their system, they might have to do something. But again, you've got to have, you have to say to yourself, how close is this team to a playoff worth? Do we want, it, do we want to start from scratch? Is Mark Davis going to give us that much time? Or do we have to you know compete and get veteran players in here? And if so, who's that veteran quarterback who's going to be better than Derek?
0: Right, exactly. No no doubt. I mean, I think it's a very tough decision that the Raiders are going to have to make and I don't I don't I don't I'm not jealous of Dave Ziegler and company cuz they got to make this decision. No. It's going to be a very tough one. Well, Steve, before we let you go, we saw the breaking news earlier today about Tua Tagovailoa back in the concussion yeah. protocol. That's his third time this year and that doesn't necessarily mean he has a concussion, but Steve, that's scary. 3 times in one season.
1: It is, and when, you know, if it happened on the play that people are, are putting out there that's like the same type of head clanging to the ground we've seen earlier this year with him on the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I know I know Tua, uh, and I know how much of a competitor he is, and he's going to want to be out there. But this might be one where the coaches have to ask themselves, and the medical staff have to ask themselves, can we sleep at night if we put him back out there, and he suffers another concussion? I mean, that's a... That, this is a, this is a grueling, grueling thing. So we'll see. I mean, maybe they sit him the next game, the next two weeks. And if they make it to the playoffs, they get him back in there because they're a better team with him in there. But this is much, much bigger than that, and it might be where people close to Tua, including his parents, who are wonderful people, have to say, "Hey, man, you know, let's wait till next year."
0: Yeah, save him them for himself. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Go ahead, DeMond, close it out. Yeah.
2: Something that I wanted to ask you about that I almost forgot, you know, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception in Pittsburgh on Saturday for the game, what was the atmosphere like, and what was the celebration of Franco Harris, you know, who recently passed away? What was just the reception like in Pittsburgh on Saturday?
1: You know, it it was much more about Franco than it was about the Immaculate Reception. Um, He meant everything to the city. I've been around Franco a lot, especially seeing him at the Hall of Fame. So many people in the stands had 32 jerseys on. You saw all the... Steelers players and coaches come in in Franco Harris jerseys, so the celebration was much, much more about Franco than it was about uh, the iconic play back in 1972. But the energy was really, you know, you could feel it. You could feel it all day in that city that you know they wanted they, they wanted this to be a special day for Franco Harris's family.
0: Yeah, that that was uh, sad that he wasn't there to to enjoy that, but it was great to see all those people out there with 32 on, like you said, just celebrating the the man who was. Franco Harris. Well, Steve, again, man, fantastic job on the broadcast and doing what you do. I know it wasn't easy, but you did a great job. And thank you so much for your time this afternoon as well.
1: Hey, appreciate you guys, and happy holidays to everybody.
0: Happy holidays to you as well. Steve Weiss right there from the NFL Network. Did a hell of a job, man. I'm telling you, I talk about being a sideline reporter and wanting to do that job, but, man, that would have been one of those days where – if they had said, "Q, we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep you at home on this one," I said, like, all, right, "All right, I can I can do that. <laughs> I can I can broadcast this one from the house." <laughs> so uh, it was it was a cold one, man. So he did a hell of a job uh, out there, braving through the the elements. But man, that couldn't have been uh, very easy. And again, going back to the Derek Carr conversation, I know it seems like we're probably harping on on the quarterback position, not trying to do that. But man, there's a forty million dollar decision that the Raiders have to make, and that is not easy. I, I just I don't think that it's emphasized enough how difficult a decision that's going to be moving forward. Do they feel, like Steve said, that they're close enough to where that $40 million is justified? Or no, you know what, we're going to have to go in this other direction. That is the question that they're going to have to answer. 417 is the time. We'll come back, get your calls, get your texts. 702-365-9200, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the don'tbebroke.com text line. Got tons of texts to get to. We'll do it next here on Red Nation Radio 920.
2: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
0: Here from head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Jacobs at about 4.30. We'll also hear from Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room following the game. Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to catch up with him. Really good stuff. Very passionate. Very angry Josh Jacobs, which for me, I like it. I like it. I'm glad to hear a guy fired up and upset and wants more, wants better, wants to win, wants the ball. I want those guys. Those are the guys I want on my team, and I think Josh McDaniels, talking to him earlier, and I, that was one of the first things I asked him was about Josh Jacobs. Him talking about Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, it almost, almost feels like he wants that guy too. And you'll hear that conversation coming up about 4.30. But we've had a lot of texts, getting a lot of calls, and we'll get to our phone lines in a hot minute. But I do want to go and hit the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Throughout the question, since it is the day after Christmas, and everyone likes to return the gifts that they don't like from their family or whoever gives them their gifts, what would you like to return when it comes to the silver and black? What would you like to see that you'd like to return? I think family dad and Henderson had it, had it best earlier today when he hit us up and said, I'd like to return all the bad draft picks from the past, you know, three or four years, eight or nine draft picks that just didn't work out. You know, I think about the first-round picks that didn't shake out. I think about that third round, too. That one third round where they had three, three third-round picks, and I remember Mike Mayock saying that's like stealing starters. And you know what they got out of it? Nothing. Nothing. Lynn Bowden never made Never, never snapped the ball with the was on the on the field for the Raiders. Brian, uh, Brian, uh, I forget his name. That lets you know how good Edwards. Thank you, Brian Edwards. He was okay. Tanner Mews never really did anything for the Silver and Black. I don't think he ever really played. Right? I mean, he was IR his first year. He was talked about and played in the preseason, but never got into some real regular season action. Those three third round picks were never mounted to anything. That was, I think, a big miss. We talk about the first-rounders, but that third round was a huge, massive miss. I'm so interested in see what Dave Ziegler and company are going to do with the draft capital that they have this upcoming year because they have more draft capital than the Raiders have had a long time and obviously way more than they had this time last year as they didn't have anybody. They had no first or second-round pick because they traded on Green Bay for Devontae Adams. So I'm really interested to see what happens this offseason with the draft. But got a couple of texts I want to get to real quick. Uh, One from the 209, I believe the time of Carr as a Raider has come to an end. To get back to preseason, I have no doubt Stidham is more than capable of playing and leading this team to a W. With the Niners coming in next week, we're going to need someone mobile at that quarterback position. I've said it time and time again, if Carr can make just one move and run up to three to five yards, a lot of these games would have different outcomes. Carr just ain't it no more. With a flat-footed quarterback, the 49ers defense is going to feast, and we'll be in the same position next week, full of negative emotions. That's from the 209, and, you know, for multiple reasons – it might be smart for the Raiders to not play Carr. Like, I want to see him the last two games of the season because I don't know what the future is going to hold for him. So I really want to see him out there. But because of that $40 million, if he gets injured and all of a sudden that $40 million is basically guaranteed, it might make more sense business-wise. Again, I'm thinking business. I mean, I'm not talking emotionally as a fan. I'm thinking about the business side of things as well, and that's something that has to be considered. So I think that it's a, a very good conversation to have and something that I know Hondo brought up, I know Vinny elaborated on it when we talked to Coach McDaniels earlier today, it's, it's a real conversation. So for anyone who's thinking, oh, these guys are just being super emotional or over the top, it's not that at all. This is a business. And we're thinking about all different angles of it. Sometimes, a lot of times, we don't, get, we don't think about all the different ramifications that go into every decision that's made. But these guys in the front office, that's what they have to do. A uh, text from the 510, $40 million, I'm sticking with the quarterback. You talk about Hugh maximizing potential. If I'm an NFL owner with NFL owner money, I'm not moving on unless I'm trading multiple-year first-round draft picks to get a generational talent. Otherwise, fix the obvious, defensive and offensive line. If coaches can't fix it, I'm an NFL owner who's cutting a check to someone who can. Cap space limits your investment in your roster, but your coaching staff is uncapped. Get better coaches, more assistants, whatever you need. You don't move on from a quarterback for the sake of moving on. If I'm the Saints GM, I'm getting Carr this offseason, and Sean Baton uh, back to make a Super Bowl push. If someone else can do it with Carr, why not the Raiders? All right, fair enough. If that's what you want to do, that's, that's you know, again, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've said multiple times I think that the Raiders can win with Derek Carr. said that multiple times. But they do have to do, like Steve said, when we had Steve Weiss in the last segment, you have to address the offensive line. That has to be an upgrade. It just has to be. They cannot go through an offseason without getting enough quality dudes on that offensive line. I think they have some of the pieces, but they're a, a guy or two away. And I think that that's something that they should go and address in free agency. They should address in free agency, in my opinion, just my opinion, they should address the offensive line and Josh Jacobs. They can do both in free agency. There's no doubt they can do both and then some. And then in the draft they need to go and address the defense and go get playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Mailman Raider Max said, Q, I just wish the offensive line was better this year. Carr hasn't been getting any time to throw the ball. That's fine. Uh, Let's see. What else? Uh, Failing with the new or different quarterback is still better than failing with the same old quarterback. That's a text from the 707. Uh, Got a text from the 530. Q, you and DeMond, you guys do a great job. Raider fans appreciate you allowing us to voice our opinions. As far as Carr, he's played himself out of his contract. Great man, but not a great quarterback organizations don't constantly pay franchise prize quarterbacks for losing. I'm still listening to his sermons, but I really don't wish to see him in silver and black next year. Time to move on. And that's the other thing about it. Like, this NFL stands for not for long. So regardless of what the reason is why you're not succeeding, it's going to be on you. I said it earlier, with the quarterback position, they get the praise and they get all the, the blame. I'm not saying it's fair. I think the dumbest stat in, in sports is a coach's winning percentage and a starting quarterback's winning percentage. Right? Like, everyone knows. I can go to a, a stat right now and, say, and tell you what Derek Carr is. Matter of fact, DeMond will do it right now in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He can go to a website and tell you what Derek Carr, his win-loss record is overall. But I guarantee you he can't go to a website and say what, like, Amari Cooper's win-loss record is. Or
2: 63 and 79.
0: There you go. 63 and 79 is, is Derek Carr's win-loss record. But nobody knows what, you know, Jermaine Illuminor's win-loss record is. Right? I mean, you know what I mean? like. It's a, it's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. You have to have 11 dudes doing their job to win games, but the only people that have the win-loss record are the quarterback and the head coach. So I always think it's a dumb stat, but, we, but we, that's, I mean, that's what we talk about, right? That's, that's what it's all about. It's always going to go back to the quarterback. They're going to get the praise. They're going to get the love. They're going to get the money, <laughs> right? They're going to get paid a ridiculous amount of money to be that guy. So when it goes bad, they're also going to be the ones that get the blunt of it, the, the, the blunt of the blame, regardless if it's right or wrong. And So, again, when people text in and say, oh, you guys are just trying to go off on car, you guys are doing this, that, and that, no, not at all. It's just That's just how this business works. And I think that the Raiders as an organization have given this quarterback opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. He's on his third contract, right? If they pick up this extension, he'll be on his third deal. Because this is the last year of his, of, of his second deal. So if they pick up this, this decision in five days after the Super Bowl, that will be his third contract. There's a lot of players in the league that don't ever get three contracts, let alone a quarterback with a non-winning record. Let's go out to L.A. real quick and talk to our guy, Jay. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? all right, never mind, no more Jay. Sorry, Jay, didn't get to you quick enough. I'll do better next time. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so we'll take a quick break. We're in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. When we come back, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels and we'll hear from Josh Jacobs following the game with Vinnie Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
0: I hate talking about the draft. And the draft results from old years. It makes me start going back and looking at who got selected where and who f- who was selected right after him, right? 2019, Cleve Farrell, number four overall. Devin White was drafted right after him by Tampa Bay. Josh Allen, outside linebacker from Kentucky, was number seven to Jacksonville. Ed Oliver, number nine with the Buffalo Bills. Devin Bush, number 10, Steelers. Rashawn Gary, who's actually playing some really good ball for the Packers. Christian Wilkinson. Christian Wilkins, excuse me, from Miami. Defensive tackle. Brian Burns. I'm just looking at some players that would be nice additions. Jeffrey Simmons. He was injured, but he is obviously a hell of a player. Josh Jacobs was at 24. I have no problem with that. Marquise Brown, 25. Montez Sweat, Washington, 26. John Abram at 27. 27. Right after John Abram, twenty-eight, Jerry Tillery, who the Raiders have now, <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, Byron Murphy, he was number uh, thirty-three overall. He was a really good corner out of Washington. He's playing in Arizona right now. Rocky Sine, who the Raiders have, number thirty-four. Debo Samuel, number thirty-six, with San Francisco. Just saying. That's why I don't like going back and looking at the draft because it just kind of makes you angry looking at what you know was a possibility that you don't have. Let's go out to the phone lines before we hear from head coach Josh McDaniel. We'll talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind?
2: Hey, what's up? What's up, DeMond? What's up, uh, Q? How yep. y'all doing, man? I hope y'all yes. had a good Christmas. Yes, sir. Hey, I'll get to my, my point. Hey, uh, the first thing is um, I know half the Raider Nation is with Carr and the other half with uh, – but here's, here's the biggest thing. After that game, after that game on uh, on Saturday, I didn't hear accountability from him in the press conference saying, "Hey, that was my fault. I I I I I own up, just like Josh uh, Allen and, or Patrick Mahomes did when they threw interceptions to cost their team." He 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 never mentioned that it was my fault. It's time to move on from this guy. Second second cue. You guys were talking last week about um about the um. The 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 Pete Rosell and the medioc the uh, the league how everybody in the league are the same. But oh
0: yeah, the parity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The
2: parity. But the problem with what you guys are saying, and Carr said the same thing. The problem with that is that he he said parity, not mediocrity. All these teams been 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 horrible. These these teams have been horrible. Our our team our organization has been bad we won two winning seasons in the 22 or 20 years in the last 20 some years and we still are bad we we've changed coaches we changed players we drafted this player we drafted that player go look at some of these players that went to other teams and they playing well my thing is i don't know what else we can do but as raider nation people got to understand that this is just it's just frustrating i mean we we just keep doing the same thing over and over and it ain't just the draft picks because these some of these draft picks are going to other teams and and playing well q is not bad it's, it's well, just who, who? Just, give me give me one example of someone who DeMico, left the team what um he played for the Titans. Demico um what's the, the deniko autry
0: Ryan? yeah deniko oh, autry he was he was a well. free agent yeah he was a free agent and he left because he got more money
2: He's playing what? And I, and, and I can give you some names. Uh, who else was playing? Give uh, me another one. One more. Uh, what's the corner? There, there's another corner that that's playing uh, for the Forty ers He's coming in this weekend. He he played with us for a little while. Um, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying this. Q. This organization been bad. Whether it's whether it's Carr. Or whatever thing we've been bad. I, you can't. Well, my thing is is that car. It's, it's time to move on from car. Okay. There's no more. There's no more. That throw that he made. I. I and I'm not blaming him for the game. I'm blaming him because he didn't take accountability after the game. He never said it was my fault. I saw Josh Allen throw an interception that cost his team. A couple um, uh, a month ago, I, I think it was against Miami. He threw some bad interceptions. Do you know when he got to the podium? Just like Mahomes, he came to the podium, and Josh and even Herbert said it's my fault. Derek Carr never said that in that in that press conference. I mean, in that press conference on Saturday, he never mentioned that was me. He said we. And this time, he soft. He soft. We got, and I agree with Josh. I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs about the team. He should have went off on on these guys because this is ridiculous. I mean, and, and I close out on this. No matter what we have done, Q, and you've been a fan for a long time, just like I have. No matter what we have done, we change. We've had one winning season, and then we lose five years in a row, and right. we back to the same thing again. Right, we losing again. So what 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 can we do? Can you? I mean, you keep saying about draft some of these draft picks, all these draft picks ain't been bad. It's just some of the coaches Who? and all okay. that stuff. All, all right,
0: so. cool. I, I got you. I got I to gotta let you go. It's a very long call. I'll say this, and I'm not trying to start an argument. How many draft picks have left the Raiders and been good afterwards? Not many. There's. Yeah, you could cherry pick one or two, but not many. You can go back through the history of the Raiders and look at their draft. It's, they haven't been good, right? I mean, it's just misses in the draft. That's, I mean, that's the thing about it. Like I said, you, could, you can cherry pick a couple guys here and there. And, yeah, and like you brought up Danico Autry, he left as a free agent because he got good money. That's, that's going to happen. But there hasn't been a whole lot of players that leave the organization all of a sudden they become pro bowlers. Alex Leatherwood, he ain't worth the salt. Chicago basically is done with him. He was just the first-round pick. Who else? Let me go back. Jonathan Abram, he can't stay on a roster. Trayvon Mullen got about 12 snaps all year. Isaiah Johnson, is he even in the league? Quentin Bell, is he in the league? P.J. Hall, has he done anything? Arden Key, he's done okay. Nick Nelson, what has he done? What has Mo Hurst done? Johnny Townsend, is he in the league? How about Azeem Victor? What about Marcel Aitman? I'll go on, since you asked. Garyon Conley, what's he doing these days? Pumping gas? Obi-Mellon Fonbu, he's still Bigfoot. Eddie Vanderdos, does he know where he's at? Eddie doesn't even know where he's at. David Sharp, Markel Lee, he's been okay. Shalom Luwani, he's kicking it somewhere, chilling. Probably with my homeboy James Arcelana talking about, like, food. Shalom ain't doing nothing. Jylan Ware, Jylan, I don't even know how to say his name. Elijah Hood, he's not running anywhere. Trayvon Hester, he's not doing anything. Carl Joseph, what's he doing these days? Not much. Jihad Ward, he's still hanging around the league. Shalique Calhoun, I liked his name, didn't like his game. Connor Cook, he's out of the league. DeAndre Washington, he's out of the league. Corey James, he's out of the league. Vidal Alexander, guess what? Out of the league. Mario Edwards, he's hanging around. Clive Walford, he's not in the league. John Feliciano, he's doing decent in Buffalo. Ben Heaney, anyone heard from Ben these days? No. Max Vales, no one's heard of him. Anthony Morris, Andre DeBose, Dexter McDonald. I mean, I went all the way back to 2015. Do I have to continue? Who's doing something? In the league that the that the Raiders drafted, nobody. Tyree Gillespie, he just got cut the other day from wherever he's at. I mean, that's that's the point. You say that all these guys are seeding somewhere else. Who, who? I don't see it. And if if there's someone who's just out there cooking, please tell me, please, because I will. Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Gabe Jackson, he's doing okay in Seattle. Keith McGill, he's not even in the league. T.J. Carey, he's hanging around. Shelby Harris, he's doing decent. Jonathan Downing, what's Jonathan Downing or Dowling doing these days? DJ Hayden, I'll keep going. Menelik Watson, C.O. Moore, Tyler Wilson, Nick Casa, Latavius Murray's still kicking. Michael Rivera, Stacy McGee, Bryce Butler, shout out to Bryce, he's a guest on the show sometimes. David Bass, Tony Burstrom, Miles Burris, Jack Crawford, Jerron Kreiner, remember him, he was going to be a stud. Christo Baluakudi. Can't even say his name, so you know how how, how effective he's been. Nathan Stupar. I'm going back to 2012. Who? I'm just asking. Just asking. I just want to know. Who is doing something that's so successful that you're like, man, that was a Raiders organization problem. No, the only thing that I can say was on the organization is that they drafted these guys. That's the problem. They drafted guys because they thought that they were going to be Smarter than the room when they said, hey, that guy's a fifth-round pick and they grabbed him in the third round. Guess what? They really were a fifth-round pick. And that's what it should have been. It should have happened. And that's what this organization is trying to do right now. I'm not saying it's going to work because I don't know. I can't read the future. If I could, I'd be a millionaire. I'd go out and, and, and win the lotto tomorrow. But I can't. But that's what this organization wants to do. They want to be stable. They don't want to be a team that goes to the playoffs one year and then it's five or six years in between. You're absolutely right, Raider Mac, when you say that. That's a problem. The fact that they we can tell on one hand how many times they've been in the playoffs since 2002 is a problem. And that's the problem that this front office is trying to overcome. And it's not something that the fans like. I don't like it because you know what it means? That my favorite team has sucked for a long time. I mean, let's just be as honest about it as possible. It's They sucked. And we get hyped up and we want to think that they're going to be really good. And you start to see signs and then all of a sudden it falls out. That's what this... Front office is attempting to not have happen anymore moving forward. They want to be able to build it and continue to have stability and so they can be consistently in the playoffs year after year after year, which is what I want, which is what I think Raider Nation wants. But you can't just keep living in the past and being like, well, this player is doing it. No, they're not. Those guys that you're talking about aren't doing anything. Tell me who's worth the salt. I mean, you're talking about Alex Leatherwood. Remember, he was a first-round pick. The Bears picked him up off of waivers. And I, I do shows with Courtney Cronin, and she covers the Bears. I do shows with her all the time. She's like, Q, he can't even get off the, off the field or on the field. She, he can't get off the bench. And I saw the other day, I guess he played, and someone said, oh, uh, this Alex Leatherwood uh, experiment should be over. That's only a couple games, and they're, like, already done with him. They overdrafted him. And that's what the job of Dave Ziegler, and that's what the job of Champ Kelly, and that's what the job of Joshua Daniels is moving forward, not to reach, not to reach, not to reach. The reason why they don't have a lot of talent in the cupboard is because they've missed way too many times. And it's not just Mayock and Gruden. I'm not, this is not exclusive to them. Big Reggie, he missed as well. And before that, they missed as well. It's, again, I went back to 2012. That's not on just Gruden and Mayock. That goes back a long time. 4.44 is the time. We'll come back, close out the show. This Nation Radio 920.
2: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
0: Got a couple quick texts to hit. 69187, keyword r don'tbebroke.com, text line. From the 707, Amari Cooper's done okay. Yeah, he has. He's done okay. He's got traded from the Raiders to the Cowboys and got traded from the Cowboys to the Browns. But he has done okay. But he was doing okay with the Raiders as well. He wasn't like he was some bum. And then all of a sudden he went to the Cowboys and became a good player. Uh, got another text, top five Q rants. Uh, got another text, Abram actually played okay covering Kelsey last game. That's fine. I, I don't have anything against Jonathan Abram. It just didn't work out here. And I don't think that anybody in Raider Nation wants to see John Abram going up against Kelsey consistently, <laughs> right? I just don't think that that's what anyone wants. We, I think we all saw that enough from Raider Nation. Uh, also got a tweet from Bill. He said, you better have a quarterback in mind to replace Carr or we're really in trouble. That's 100% facts. And that's what really makes that, diff- that decision so difficult that we've been talking about throughout the course of the show. Because if it's just a, hey, we're going to move on from this guy and figure it out, that's not the way to go at all. You might have to just go ahead and eat it and pay the money if you don't have a better plan. That's, that's 100% fact. Uh, let's see. We got another, another text from our tweet from Bill uh, said, the problem has been for years. We don't have done a damn thing in the draft. We have no depth at all. Car has his faults, but let's be real and call out the horrible drafts. And that's what we just did uh, going off. And, and DeMond actually brought up something in the commercial break, and then we'll get to Josh Jacobs in the locker room. You said, all I had to do was go one more draft, and uh, I would have hit on someone who, who thrived after he left the Raiders. 2011, Stefan Wisniewski, the uh, nephew of Steve Wisniewski. He was a second-round player, and he played well for the Raiders. But then he left as a free agent, and he ended up going on to play on what, DeMond? Two Super Bowl teams?
2: Yes, he was on the Eagles team and the uh, Chiefs team, and he started for both of those teams.
0: There you go. There you go. So there, there it is, 2011. You know who else was in that draft class? DeMarcus Van Dyke, Joe Barksdale, Chimdi Chekwa, Taiwan Jones, Denarius Moore, Richard Gordon, David Osbury. <laughs> Say no more. Believe me, Raider Nation, I love the draft, and there's been too many times that we all have gotten excited about this certain player is going to be a game changer, and they have only been out – Turned out to be a changer, and it's not a game changer. I know one guy who is a game changer. That's Josh Jacobs. He was very upset uh, in the locker room following the game. Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to catch up with him. Here's that conversation.
2: Oh, it feels like uh, kind of another loss where you you guys
1: let it slip your, through your hands. Um, and as you look back at some of these losses, these close losses, how disappointing it is that? That a lot of this has been self-inflicted.
3: Yeah, man, it's bullshit for, for real. I mean, it's bullshit. Uh, and it's and, and it's on us, you know. Uh, everybody wanted, you know, talk about the defense before. F- yeah. They they made their stops when they were supposed to. We gotta help them out, and you know, I'm tired of saying we gotta f- help them out. And It's just frustrating. So, yeah. You
2: feel like you were uh, focusing, topping the running game, or it's focus? I mean, was yeah,
3: on? I mean, we we still we still had opportunities to make plays. You know, I, I feel like in times where we was close and we, we felt like we was about to get a big one, we went away from it, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and the pass game was working early, so, you know, that is what it is, but to win these games, you know, especially at the long, at, at the end of the stretch, especially when you up, you know, against a team like this in the cold, you got to run the ball. So, I mean, that's that's a factor on everybody involved um, from top to bottom.
1: How many times can you keep talking about sort of the same
2: things and learning the same lessons? Man,
3: I'm tired of dealing with this shit. I'm tired of dealing with like every day, I come here and bust my ass. Uh, I see, I see the guys, you know, bust the ass, and you know, and, and the result is not there. And you know, for me, the last four years, the result hasn't been there. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know what else to do. Um, so, yeah, that is what it is.
0: There's Josh Jacobs in the locker room following the game. Vinny Fontenyo, you heard Vic Tafer as well. And again, I respect that passion. I respect that fire, that that anger from a guy who wants the ball. And, you know, there's so many times I was sitting around watching the game with Vegas Jess and Jason and the wife, and I kept saying, give it to 28. And I know it wasn't working. I know that Pittsburgh was doing a really good job of stopping the run, and they got a really good run defense, number five overall. But, man, there was times where you just felt like, man, they, they, they got to continue to feed him the rock, at least try to. But, again, it's that, it's that middle even. If they continue to feed on the rock and it doesn't work, then we're here talking about why didn't they try to throw the ball more, right? I mean, it's like, again, you're Dan if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's easy to be Monday morning quarterback and second guess what happened. It's just a tough, frustrating thing, especially when you see a game where the defense, like Josh Jacobs said, made multiple stops, got the back, ball back for the offense, and the offense could do nothing with it. Two May three and outs, two May three and outs, two May three and outs, allowed the, the Steelers to hang around. And, man, I just felt like when they got that ball, the last – Possession when they went down, scored that touchdown to take the lead. I looked over at everybody that was there and said, We've been down this road before, haven't we? We know how this result goes, right? And everyone to a T said, Yeah, yeah, we do. So that's exactly what it was. Earlier today, head coach Josh McDaniels met with the media. I can't hear you doing a live radio show. I can't hear anything you're saying. Got some cats here at the, uh, at the Underground Lounge. You want to come by and hang out? We do appreciate you, appreciate your participation. Got plenty of prizes for you. But earlier today, head coach Josh McDaniels, uh, he, he met he met with us, and one of the questions that I asked him was about Josh Jacobs, and was it the game flow? What was it that made him kind of go away from getting Jacobs the ball?
4: No, it wasn't. Um, you know, I, I give them credit. Um, you know, they were kind of, uh, in a nutshell, you know, we would put one group out there, and, and then they would put a group out there with one more big guy than what we had. You know, and and I don't, I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but there were times we're out there with three defensive backs and four, you know, four four front, you know, against our personnel grouping, and it made it very difficult to just keep slamming runs in there because you're gonna you were either gonna ask Mac Hollins to block a linebacker or, you know, which is just not you know good football in that regard. So. Uh, part of their plan, like I said, they they did a decent job of trying to discourage that as much as they could. Um, you know, we we felt like we made some adjustments that helped us as the game went on, but um, you know, we didn't have the ball much in the second half. You know, and that was that's our fault. You know what I mean? We we kind of you know created a, a negative play, and then it was third and long, and then you know penalty, and put, then you know we had a third and twenty five. So I mean, those situations are you know our responsibility, and so. know when you can't play the game first and ten second and five third and two first and ten second and four third and you know it's hard to, to find any rhythm quite honestly and i would say in the second half we didn't do a very good job offensively of establishing any rhythm um you know we were behind the sticks too much we didn't make enough positive plays we hurt ourselves with negative plays and penalties and um and for that reason you know he didn't get the touches that we certainly want to give him so um you know I love the guy. You know, he should have the ball more than any other player on our team, Um, and he has. And so, um, I love his passion, his his fight. You know, he wants he he wants to help us win in any way that he can. And um, we got to do a better job of being productive, so we can stay out of those situations where the running game becomes difficult to stick with.
0: I love what McDaniel's had to say about Josh Jacobs. He said he, he 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 loves him as a player, and he should have the ball in his hands more than anyone on the team. I think that's a glowing endorsement of a running back who could possibly leave the team following the season. I think that's a glowing endorsement that Josh McDaniels looks at Josh Jacobs and says, yeah, that's the kind of guy that I want to be in a foxhole with. That's the kind of guy I want to have my back. He's frustrated. I was frustrated after the game. I think, that that's, I think that's great. And, again, just because he's frustrated and he's, he's airing his, his grievances saying you know he doesn't know what to do and for the last four years the results haven't been there doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be a Raider. It just means that he's frustrated with losing, and that's what you want. Want guys that don't want to lose. You want guys that want to be winners. I, I could appreciate that. So, right after that answer, I believe Vinny, and we have the question as well, I believe he followed it up talking about does should Josh Jacobs get the ball more? He obviously
2: expressed himself yeah. after the game. Yep. Um, I have no idea. You know, I guess uh, uh, your thoughts about that, but then also um, mm-hmm. does it warrant any kind of a conversation at all? Or do you just
4: No, he's or do you in a look, our guys want to win. And and look, there's there's been a handful of guys that have have done that. It's an emotional sport. It's an emotional game. Um, hell, I wasn't real excited after the game either, you know. And and so I think the reality is is you know there there's there you're allowed to be frustrated. You know what I mean? I think you handle it in the right way and you do things the right way. And um, you know, JJ expressed his feelings and it is what it is. You're gonna have that at times, you know. But. Um, I've said this a number of times. I love the guy, and you know, I think he stands for the right things. And um, you know, he wants to help us win, and he should, you know, and he has, and so. Um, look, there's a lot of things that, that are going to, I'd say, you know, be evaluated here as we go forward and and try to make decisions that are in the best interest of our team and our organization and try to end, you know, like, like we've talked about a number of times this year, you know, we got to try to create uh, something that's sustainable so that we're not sitting here having this conversation, you know, next year and beyond.
0: There you go, there's Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Jacobs saying, No, I mean, just because he goes on a rant doesn't mean that he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean that he needs to have a conversation and get disciplined. No, it's like, hey, there should be more people on the team that are frustrated and voicing their opinion and passionate about winning. That's that's a good thing. That is an awesome thing. So I, I don't think that I don't think that Josh McDaniels holds him um, you know, at fault for any of that. And there has been other guys that have shown their frustration one way or the other. Uh, Derek Carr gave his you know, emotional moment at the, at the podium. Devontae Adams has been frustrated in the locker room with us when we were there, and not at us, not angry at us, but just you can hear the frustration in his voice. He's a guy who wants to win as well. That's what this team needs. It's more guys who want to win, expect to win, who won't settle for mediocrity, who won't settle for just getting in there and cashing a check, right? There's been too many times in the past, and Raider Nation has fans of the team that have been fans for a very long time. How many times have we seen players that you know are uh, they are just there for the check? It's not acceptable, and that's, that's what Josh Jacobs is not. He is not a guy that's just there for the check. So there's going to be a lot of evaluation in the next couple games. I'm looking forward to it to see what it is. Uh, got one text I want to read before we uh, wrap up the show here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. The corner from University of South Carolina, who is from L.A., is playing good. He's on the 49ers who was on the Raiders. We should have kept him. He was growing into a good corner. That's from Mike from the Central Coast. Mike, I looked at the roster for the 49ers. They don't have a corner from South Carolina. If you're talking about Keyshawn Nixon, he's in Green Bay. And he is from South Carolina. He's also from L.A. He was on the Raiders, but he's not on the 49ers. He's in Green Bay. So he's playing okay. What Keyshawn Nixon is doing really well is returning kicks. He's a really good punt returner and kick returner, and that's something that the Raiders should have done with him, and they didn't. And you know who was their special team coordinator? Rich Basaccia. You know who the special team coordinator is in Green Bay? Rich Basaccia. So. That's, that's the only guy from South Carolina that I, that I could think of that you possibly were talking about, but he's not on the 49ers, so I'll let you know how much he's really playing well and standing out. We don't know what team he's on. 4.58 to a tie. That's going to do it for the show today. Underground Lounge, Monday Night Football. We do it every Monday with Radio Nation Radio 920.